Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a spooky version of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this episode, we're going to have stories from five different people, male strippers, female strippers, and even a bouncer that I used to work with at the very first club I ever danced at, the Blue Zebra in North Hollywood. So we have stories up the coast, down south, all kinds of scary stuff for you. And I just want to let you know, something that happens to me when I hear ghost stories is I get chills like up the backs of my arms and like on my cheeks kind of, and it always makes my eyes water. Like I don't feel like I'm crying, but my eyes get really watery. So if you hear me say weird things like, wow, my, my eyes are really wet. <laughs> That's why. So yeah, it's just sort of a reaction that I have to hearing um, like creepy, like off the wall, unnatural type things. So um, I myself have had lots of ghostly encounters throughout my life. I feel like I feel energy in rooms when they're there. Um, and I've had lots of um, I guess, ghostly experiences myself, although I don't really call them ghosts or like to consider uh, what's happening a ghost. I believe it's leftover energy um, that just represents the vessel that it once lived in. Um, I don't know. I guess that is what a ghost is, right? Anyways, you guys are going to interpret it for yourselves, and I really hope that you get just a little spooked. So please enjoy this scary episode. So I'm here with Tony, who I used to work with at the Blue Zebra in North Hollywood. Say hello, Tony. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, Blue Zebra was the first strip club I've ever worked at in my life. Did you know that? I did know that, actually. You I did, did know that. Yes, you saw I did. me as a baby stripper. I never believed, though, because you just seemed way too skilled um doing things and stuff so me and my ex-girlfriend Kimmy and stuff we said no I don't think this is her first but I think she you know been doing this before but if it was I mean you it was that was totally a thing that I was given such a hard time about actually because when I was in the club and I told everyone this is my first time it's my first club you know and the other uh dancers would like get mad because they thought I was lying they're like, no, you've done, you've been doing this. I'm like, you were so good on stage in such a short amount of time. I'm not talking about weeks. I'm talking about like your third time there. Probably you're like doing certain moves and stuff. I was like, all right, she got us. She got us. <laughs> There's no way she's new at this. She's been doing it somewhere else. But if, well, you, I, if you say it was your first club, then I tell it was. I swear. Okay, but I will admit that I practiced a lot in in my bedroom in high school. Mm-hmm. And okay. yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's where I got the skills. So okay, anyway, that's where you got the skills. Yeah. Yeah. So it was my first club, and it was the most haunted place I've ever been in, ever. Really, the most. The most haunted place. I had the strongest 
vibes there. And I've been in a lot of haunted, like I lived in a haunted house before and um, my aunt's house in Wildwood, New Jersey is, was haunted. So are you one of those people that can feel things? And so, Cause my ex-girlfriend, Kimmy, you remember Kimmy, um, yeah. used to always say she could feel things like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely can feel things since I was a kid. I've been able to like feel energy or know when there's something in the room or when something's not right. Um, and working at the Blue Zebra, I was like, oh, like this shit ain't right. Right. <laughs> you get a lot of a lot of spider senses tingling. Yeah. So tell me your most like prominent ghost story there. Like what experiences you had? Okay. Well, the thing with me is I'm the type of person that looks for stuff. So I don't think I will ever see anything because you're constantly looking. I think it's people who aren't expecting something will experience something wherever it is and stuff. So, um, well, first and foremost, I would have little small things happen. Like um, our uniforms back then, if you remember, were the blue and black bowling shirts pretty much tucked out and everything. So me personally, the closest thing that I ever had was every once in a while, I'd be in the DJ booth and you feel someone tug on the bottom of your shirt. Like I'm thinking it's a girl who's trying to get my attention, you know? I mean, and it's a literal tug and I turn around, there's no one there. I was like, okay, that was strange. That happened more than one occasion. That's the only thing that I can actually think of that happened to me. But I have some very good ones that once again involved my ex-girlfriend. Um, oh yeah, I have that, one with Kimmy too. Her and I had an experience together once. Okay, well, what was yours? Okay, so I'll tell you. So. A lot of shit happened by the DJ booth, by the way. There was, because I know, um, I think D Dusty would be like, oh, like the, the lamp is going on and off again. And he would ask them, like, please stop messing with the lamp. And then they would. <laughs> the booth was just weird. And so, okay, I'm going to try to set the scene for people, right? So you walk into the club and there's like the stage kind of in the middle of the room to the right. And then to the left of the stage is a long hallway you go down and that's where the vip in the dressing room is right yep. and so i was walking towards the stage where the dj booth was and i peeked my head in behind the curtain and i remember kimmy was behind me like by the bar and walking towards the stage and i peeked my head behind the curtain to say something mm -hmm. and i felt like doom, 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 like behind me on the floor like feet walk past me behind me and then down the hall where the VIP room would have been, which was also very haunted back there. And when I came out of the curtain and I like looked around side to side and Kimmy saw me looking and she's like laughing and she's like, what are you looking for? And I was like, somebody just walked behind me. And like, I felt a whoosh, like I felt and nobody was there. And she was like, oh, that's funny, whatever. And she keeps walking down the hall where the thing walked. And she runs into one of the bouncers. I can't remember his name. He was taller, um, like uh, wore a goatee and black hair, and he's really soft-spoken. And he was standing, and she said she found him in the hallway with the clipboard uh, at the outside of the VIP room and, like, looking around. And she was like, what are you looking for? And he's like, someone just came up behind me and tapped me on the shoulder. And so, <laughs> so whatever. instant. Yeah, so the, the thing went past me down, and it was in front of Kimmy the whole time, and basically Kimmy followed it past me down the hall, past him, 
so all three of us like had this experience together and I remember that story i remember that right and but that's what makes it so much more powerful is because it was like an event that happened that in that had all three of us involved yeah absolutely absolutely um the one that i remember i remember i was off this day and my sister was in town visiting so i was hanging with her and i get a call from kimmy and she's hysterical and she's just freaking out i'm like what's going on what's going on so this is how she explained it her and um our manager at the time eric were opening up the club so it's daytime but all the lights are usually off in the club the manager's got to go through the dark hallway that you mentioned and stuff and get to the office and turn on the lights in the dressing room and stuff and it turns on the lights in the rest of the club so um kimmy was walking behind him she said she just had her hand on his back and was kind of looking down and he's trying to maneuver his way through all of a sudden she feels him stop and all of a sudden he starts saying go back go back go back go back and she said she looked halfway up and she saw feet dangle ah! what <laughs> dangling and they ran out of the club and of course she's calling me hysterical i'm trying to get all this information out of her and she's like i swear to god i saw feet dangling like someone was hanging and obviously he saw a lot more being in front so he's a little shaking and stuff like that mm -hmm. so the crazy part about that is though they knew they had to get back into the club somehow <laughs> so she's still talking to me on the phone as they're creeping in the club to go back down that hallway. At that time, the zebra had um, uh, security, I think armed security guards outside. And they would show up a little before we opened. So they're creeping in. They didn't realize the security guard had sneaked up behind them to uh, follow them in. And she's talking to me on the phone, and she turns around, and sees the security guard, and then she just screams, "Bloody murder!" Oh, yeah, <laughs> that that was one of the scariest ones I've heard of. And you know, they always say if you see something like that, it could be a warning of some type. And um, I know that um, Eric, a few days later, lost a friend, a close friend of his. Aww. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if it was in you know connected or not but yeah and did you say that was in the hallway like to, that, was that same hallway that same hallway going to the vip room going to the dressing room Ugh. so let me tell you every that running down that hallway was how i learned to run in eight inch heels because, <laughs> right because the so i'm gonna try to set the scene for people again it's this long hallway and at the end of it is the dressing room and then in the middle of it is an entrance to a very dark vip room and then at the other end of that is dim for some reason yeah What's that? they kept it dim for some reason we controlled yeah. the, the dressing room but they always wanted it dimmer you know i guess because of mood or whatever homie that wasn't dim that place was a black hole. It was dark as fuck. And you know it. It wasn't dim. And so, so I would walk out from the dressing room to go to like the main room. And not always, but a lot of time, I could just feel this dark, dark 
presence in that room. And I couldn't even stand it to just casually walk by. I would, I would walk and I would feel it and I would go tap, 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 tap. And like, just hurry up and it's, yeah. It was terrifying in that room. And I wouldn't ever go in there without a customer or a person. Like if I forgot something in there, it was terrifying in that room. So I'm not surprised that that's where they saw something. Well, do you know the background of the club? No, tell us. Okay, well, it was some kind of warehouse, of course, because that was an industrial area, thus the name Industrial Strip before the Rhino bought it. Right. So um, it was some kind of warehouse or whatever, and rumor has it that um, there was a couple of uh, people died there, of course, supposedly. Mm -hmm. One person supposedly was hanging in the rafters at one point. Okay, see, that's the feet, though. It's, it's going to make me cry. because I just thought of that. How many years have I been sitting on that story and that never even occurred to me? That could be the feet that uh, they saw. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, oh, and then, you know, you get people who are start hear other rumors and stuff. They're like, oh, there's a woman who uh, got stabbed in the VIP room once and stuff. Okay. Well, that explains she, her she, she never died, though. Oh. She got sliced up a little bit. So, you you know, you get people oh. who are throwing certain stories and stuff or whatever and stuff. Okay. Lord knows how many spirits might be there and from where they're from or whatever. But um, there's, there's definitely some presence there. Um, <laughs> yeah. If we had time, I've got, uh, I'm stealing other people's stories. Do it, I don't I, care. Okay, I've got a couple of good ones. One, um, our friend Garrett. Oh, yes. Yes, Garrett, um, for some reason they brought someone in, supposedly, I don't know if it was just a friend of someone, but they were like, um, kind of someone who senses stuff like and sees stuff like that. Maybe, uh -huh. maybe not an investigator, but someone who, you know, kind of like you know, a character type. Yeah, like a ghost hunter kind of ish, a little yes. bit. I remember. Yes. Yeah. Where I can see spirits and stuff like Because I have a friend who's an investigator and, you know, he's not one to actually see things, but he's there to try to investigate and make sure it's not normal stuff that you're afraid of. Then once you get past that, where he, you know, can relieve your mind and say, no, it's just a light down a hall. Or it's okay. this or that. So it's then he gets into, yeah, to debunk. Well, kind of, yeah, but he's ready to do other things. He's told me many stories, and he's okay. always trying to get me to go. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, this was just somebody probably like Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost who could see things or whatever. And she's, he or she, I don't even know. He. I think Blair was there. Was it he? It was a man. Okay, so you heard this. So they were over by... Um, one of the lab dance areas, I think at the time that was our booth area. Top, yeah, I think that was our top area. Topless booth area. Yeah. There's a wall. Yeah, they've changed it uh, okay. since then. But supposedly uh, she could see some kind of being in that area, mm -hmm. and it seemed like it was grabbing for Garrett. Mm -hmm. This is what I heard. It was like grabbing for Garrett. So yeah. photos of it. There's what? photos. Yes, I know this story. Let me help you. So, help me. Yeah, so what they did is. We're not doing this at night and I'm all alone. I know, I have chills all over my face. What they did was um, Garrett stood near this wall and the walls at the Rhino and, and Blue Zebra are like this sort of like stony marble design yep. on the wallpaper. Yeah. It's kind of shiny. Yep. So it has like, 
it can look like stuff if you really look at it, like a cloud, right? And so Garrett was standing near the wall and you could see this like face of just a kind of basic face. And then they made Garrett get closer to the wall and put his arms out a little bit. And you could see the face change in the next picture and be like angry. And then he got really close with his arms really big, wide, stretched out. And the face was like crazy bad and changed again in the third picture. Oh I didn't know all that. And you're looking at these pictures like this, like one after the other. But the thing is, is like every time I think of that story, I'm like, this guy could have fucked you know done something to these pictures but this was at a time though when the cameras we would get the things um developed at like at the store it wasn't yeah. like we this was in 2004 so we didn't have all of the stuff to be able to the technology that you have nowadays to you know do yeah but he still could have done it like he still there still could have been a, a, that chance sure but we wouldn't be talking about it to this day if yeah. You it know, exactly. I mean, I just heard about it. I was like, oh, absolutely. I mean, I used to always joke with people. I was like, would you stay here overnight? I oh. mean, granted, we're there almost overnight anyway. You know, on a Friday and Saturday, we're there till five. Yeah, but five, you're not seven, trying to sleep, though. You're not trying to close your eyes and be dead to the world while there's like ghosts trampling on your body. <laughs> <laughs> ghosts traveling on your body. No, yeah, there was. No way I would have ever, ever, ever done it. Yeah, never, never yeah. in a million years. How yeah. fun. This has been really nice memory lane. It really um, has been. Good yeah. for Halloween. Yeah, Good. absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing the stories with me. And like, yeah, it was, yeah, and it was good for me, too, to just have all the memories just come flood back as, I was t as I'm telling the stories as well. So thank yeah. you for helping. You're so welcome. It was good seeing you. So our next guest for our haunted strip club stories is Oasis. Hi, Oasis. Hi, Am. Hi. Thanks for joining us and telling us your scary stories. Of course. Thank you. I didn't think it was all that interesting, but it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm obsessed with ghost stories. So yeah, I'm super into it. So can you give us some background on um, like, kind of set us up for uh where we're at what's haunted and, and just kind of give yeah. us yeah so in san francisco i'm sure a lot of people have heard of the condor club and its extensive history there have been many uh, mediums and other ghost tv shows that have come through to interview and see what they can pick up on their devices so mm -hmm. it was something that was known but you didn't really give much thought um, even if you do like a Wikipedia search, you can come up with the famous death that occurred on their prop piano okay. um, when a bouncer and a exotic dancer were actually having intercourse after hours atop this prop piano. And it's believed that, you know, due to paranormal activity, some of the levers that held the ropes that the piano was lifted on uh, got tripped and actually the piano rose to the ceiling and ended up crushing the bouncer. 
What? Yeah, so we like to give people tours because the piano itself is actually up at the ceiling as a decoration piece right now. Um, what year did that happen? In 1983. Wow. Yeah. Um, but the building itself has existed before and actually the basement of the building goes back as far as like 18th or sorry 19th century speakeasy times that was actually ground level before the earthquake happened mm -hmm. um so m the majority of these deaths that aren't accounted for would have happened there some like illegal activity yeah bar situations Wow. Um, so have you experienced anything there or do you know any stories of things that people have experienced? Yeah. So my personal experience and yeah. before doing any research, um, was I, the stage is set up between two curtains. Uh, so you have to walk from the bar through a curtain to reach the room that has the main stage and you can do so from either side. Okay. So I'm hiding behind the curtain waiting for my turn and all of a sudden I feel this like cold rush and a shiver goes up my back and it felt like someone's hand was pressed on my stomach <laughs> and to me like the only way I could process the situation was obviously something's making its presence known and the spirit was kind of telling me to hold back to wait, not go through the curtain just yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, later on when I, you know, after I did my set and I came to vent, like, oh my God, this crazy thing just happened. A bunch of people were saying that there was a spirit that hang around, uh, presumed to be female. And other girls had accounts of her also protecting them and, you know, warning them of certain situations or clients, etc. Really? Yeah. After I, uh, Inter sorry, watched the medium interview. Mm -hmm. She said that she picked up on a young blonde woman um, that didn't die there, but hung around because she felt like that was her place of hope and what she remembered. She wanted to be a singer. Yeah. So I was like, oh my goodness, that must have been her. <laughs> yeah. What do you think she was protecting you from in that moment? Um, the stage itself was very precarious. Many people would fall and trip. There's also, you know, who knows as far as the customers that come in, they're in a bad mood or being a little too touchy or whatever. It was a, a few years ago, so I can't remember exactly, you know, what happened after that moment, but like you can feel it through your whole body. You get goosebumps. It's, it's intense. Um, it's a pretty good video to check out, actually. Uh, I know that the manager speaks on it. He says that there were accounts where he could see on camera floating orbs. Ah! <laughs> uh, the bartender cleaning up after hours alone in the bar and bottles would come flying. Um, the shadow figures that you could see still hanging around the VIP room. It, yeah. It's really awesome and a lot of people visit specifically because of those haunted stories amazing tell us the name of the place again the condor club in san francisco cool and tell us of 
how, what are we, what are like the key search words for, to find this video? I think all I searched was Condor Club Haunting. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So we can learn more. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other like stories that like a crazy story from anybody that has told you uh, about an experience? I think they just mimicked similarly to what I said as far as feeling like they were pulled or pushed yeah. in that specific area of the bar. So, and the medium does say that she picks up on her towards the back of the room and she was standing yeah. in the bar area. Wow. So, Ooh, love it. I love it. Thank you. What an awesome contribution. I love the piano death story. I mean, I'm sorry for them that they died like that, but that's a great yeah. story. <laughs> He was quite larger than she, so he broke the fall, I guess. She survived it. So the piano, like, goes up and crushes into the ceiling and then yeah. fall back down? Or did it just, like, go up and stay up? It, it goes up and stays up because of the pulley system. Uh -huh. The lever actually t uh, ties at the bottom. The rope keeps the piano grounded because it's supposed to lower. Right. Yeah. So I wonder... And so there's, there was no logical explanation of why the piano decided to ascend to the ceiling. Exactly, because they were alone. Presumably this happened after hours. They were alone. Okay, and you would have had to... They like, were both on the piano. You would have had to come off and cut the rope. Yeah. Crazy. I, the crazy part is I don't know what happened to her. Like, how did she get down? Yeah. How, found, how, how long did the poor thing have to lay up there with his body? Oh, God, we're going to have to research this. That sounds very interesting <laughs> and fucked up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good story. Thank you so Thank much. You. This. Yeah. Okay, everyone, we have another scary ghost story. And this time we have with us Boo Boo Brian Wolf. Shut up, homie. Hello. Oh, I'm so scared. Such a scary evening. Scared. I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm um, so glad you're doing this episode. Like two of my favorite things, ghosts and strippers. I know. And it's so fun. And by the way, some of the stories have been like super creepy lately. So Ooh, like, I'm excited. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, yours better be good, basically. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Let's just get right into it. Tell us your ghost stories. Awesome. Well, my club um, was called Bourbon Pub, and it is actually um, located right in smack dab in the French Quarter. Um, so all the buildings there in the French Quarter are very, very old, and actually, um, they're standing like they're hundreds and hundreds of years old, and a lot of them are actually homes before transformed into businesses. So like, it'll be you'll get like random gardens inside your bar and stuff. And it's really, it's really interesting, like going there, but like, you don't really realize that it was someone who lived there before, like it yeah. turned into like a strip club almost. So wow. my club was on a street called St. Anne and St. Anne is kind of famous because um, if you, anyone knows about uh, New Orleans lore, uh, a very famous voodoo practitioner known as the voodoo queen of New Orleans, Marie Laveau, actually lived on that street. If you guys watch American Horror Story, Angela Bass's character, but the actual Marie Laveau lived on that street. So it was very close proximity to my club. And um, when I would go, our dressing room was upstairs. And of course, it's a dancer's, a male dancer's dressing room. So we say dressing room, but it was literally a hallway with lockers. And um, we can also go get changed in the storage room, which stores all of our Mardi Gras um, 
like decorations, Halloween, Christmas, all that stuff. So I'd typically go in that in the storage room because it was a lot easier to get dressed and more space. Yeah. And um, so anyways, I'd be up there sometimes and I would hear my name being called out by a woman. And the creepy no. thing is that it was my legal name, Brian. It wasn't my right. dance right. name, Madison. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keep going. And the mm. only person who knew my legal name was my roommate, which was, this is like a huge guy. And I was like, that is was not his uh -huh. voice. So <laughs> I very like, it would be very uneasy, but it was always a comforting <laughs> feeling, kind of freaky. And then when we would dance, I would always see groups of tour guides being led next to our bar. And I was like, this is kind of weird because I was like, there's children and my ass is hanging out of the window. So it's like, That is very weird. So I was like, I was like, <laughs> wait, like children were coming in through the tour? They weren't going the into the bar, but they would cross the building because you can't. Okay. Leave. And I'll be like, well, what's going on? And I research it. And our bar was actually on the haunted pub crawl tour. And mm. so I was like, interesting. So then I was like, hey, let me do some research. And so at the Bourbon Pub, there is a ghost named Ma'am. Um, usually she walks around like when they're doing the transition cleanup, which is around like maybe five or 6 a.m. in the morning. So super early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And they would see this woman come across with like a broom, just like sweeping, but obviously it's a ghost. She ain't sweeping anything. Mm -hmm. And so people would just be like, oh, that's just ma'am. Like just let her do her thing. So some people think there's some stories that people think it's the ghost of Marie Laveau. I'm not, I don't think it's Marie Laveau. I just think it's just a woman cleaning house. Um, and then also they would say like sometimes when you would sit at the bar, because we have very high bar stools going up to the bar. So like bar stools, your feet would be up. Yeah. Um, they would feel uh, someone with a stick pop the bottom of your foot, like someone smacking you. And so they would they'd blame it on the ghost ma'am saying that she was the one who would come around and hit your feet. And like, there's been some instances where it's like, been like late at night and it's been freaky, especially in the storage room. Like, I would sometimes see things moving, but I would just be like, whatever, it's my mind. It's dark. There's just a ton of props. Yeah. So it was very freaky, um, but definitely the name calling out was the highlight because it was yeah, crystal, crystal clear and it's like, you want to answer, but you're afraid to. So, but it Don't was pretty cool. That. Don't answer that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hi. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So oh, it was very, God. it was a fun place to work at, but definitely def has its share of ghostly presence there. My eyes were so wet. Yeah. Oh, I was just, I was, I was so scared, you know? <laughs> I was just so scared. Did you feel like that energy in your chest? Do you know? I don't know if everyone. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh -huh. Like that hefty energy. Mm -hmm. I've always kind of had like, I always felt like my nerdy self. I mean, I've been very kind of spiritual in my life. And I've always felt I've had a sixth sense when it's come to paranormal things, especially living in a city like New Orleans, where just basically the whole city's haunted. Yeah, so that's um, where vampires used to live. So yeah. Oh, I got some good vampire stories too, bitch. Good vampire uh, story. Oh is yeah, there's it one. Is it real? Well, there's a big, there's like a kind of a sub cult of people who consider themselves vampires, and there's a lot of documentaries on it. Um, but people will digit. I forgot what they call themselves. Um, sequestering vampires? No. And anyways, I digress. But they go into like rituals of feeding, and there's actually some underground vampire bars where people go in and consider themselves vampires and go in. And there's actually a really famous story of a vampire um 
named Count uh, Count St. Germain, uh-huh. who people said have seen this man throughout the history of New Orleans walking around. And like, there's like manifestos, documents of like ships coming in from like France with his name on it. His house is still in the quarter. So people always go by his house and like, yeah, there's some crazy stories near him. People say like to this day, like, oh yeah, I've kind of seen him because he has an interesting look to him. So no way. I'm not joking. Look up Count St. Germain okay. on in on on Google or something and it'll pop up. But yeah, there's like a story where Yahoo? Yeah, there's a story where I guess at his house, last time that was he like he was really big in the news was probably like in the late um eighteen hundreds in his house. Okay. Um he was having a party. And, like, kind of when it was dying down, uh, his neighbors heard a woman screaming on the deck, like, he's trying to kill me. And she jumped off the second-story balcony into the street. So police came over, and then they were like, okay, we need to go in this house. Went in the house. House was ransacked. Nothing there. But they found bottles of wine everywhere. And we were cleaning out the wines. And one time, one of the cops grabbed a bottle of wine. It slipped, broke. And there was blood in the wine. Mm. Like, the whole wine bottle is full of blood. So that's going back to, like, the whole vampire lore of Count St. Germain. It's super, super fucking interesting. That's an actual, like, story. Like, Mm -hmm. actual, like, you can find that in the 1800s news or something. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Like, microfiche? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Of course, like, the thing is, and even in, like, they still have police documents of that day. Really? Yeah. If you go to, like, the the library or something look up old newspapers they'll actually have a documentation of it, what happened and of course new orleans history people always like to exaggerate or make it like bigger than it is so it's like kind of take the take the information with a grain of salt can you say but like the thing is like these police ports really say like what actually happened yeah i don't know so, they're a bunch of liars though those people those, those <laughs> policemen those police wow that is so cool thank you yeah thank Thank you you so much for having me on i was so honored telling you scary stories i'm so scared oh i'm so scared scared. (laughs) okay everyone we have another spooky strip club ghost story tuned in with us now is kendra hi kendra hello how are you i'm excellent today how are you I'm excellent as well. <laughs> well, you look it. So thanks. Thank you. So much. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Thank you for so, having me. Oh, absolutely. So tell us, give us as much details as like about the um, haunted strip club you're going to tell us about. Like, if you're allowed to tell us its location, where it is, and like, just go for it. Just tell us your scary okay. stories. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a few. Um, it's from the same club. It's a club in Anaheim. Um, it's been around for a long time and there's stories that like before it was a a strip club, it was like a brothel and there's just some stories that go to it. There's a lot of, um, there's been a couple dancers who their bodies have been found like in the buildings around it and just some really weird stuff. And, um, I, in the dressing room, I would always, not just me, all the girls, we would always feel like there was someone in there. And there was this woman, and if you were in the bathroom, you would hear, like, the locks moving on the lockers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, like, if I was in there alone, like, I come from a long line of empaths and mediums, so, like, I'm -hmm. I'm in (laughs) tuned with all that stuff. Yeah. And um, I would wear a crystal because I wanted to 
not feel it constantly because it would it would bother me you know so I started bringing like sage and like staging the club and like staging the girls and I would be sitting in the dressing room getting ready and my hair would literally like flick yeah like and there'd be like, no one in there just flick. and I'm like okay you know or um I would hear my my name I went by Willow back then and I would hear like little whispers and other girls would hear their names being whispered too. It was just, it was very <laughs> creepy. Yeah, it was very, very creepy. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And it was an everyday yeah. thing. It was an everyday thing. So it's like you never got away from them, you know? Oof. And um, one time I came off on stage and we had one of the doors leading right into the dressing room. And I swear to God, I thought someone was standing on the table, like our vanity table. I thought someone was standing in the corner, like trying to scare me because I saw my, my straightener move. So I was like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no one in there. So it was just little things like that all the time. Ooh. Yeah. And then there was also the man who was this dark shadow and you would either see him on, on the corner closest to the bar on the stage and he'd be staring at you, like watching you, mm-hmm. or he'd be watching you giving dances, mm-hmm. or you would see him in the way back of the room. And apparently, like supposedly he used to be the owner of the brothel. So he would watch the girls. And like, oh, he wasn't like a bad entity or anything. Yeah. Like, he was nothing bad. He just felt like he was like being protective all the time. Yeah. It was very cool, but it was creepy. <laughs> yeah, that is creepy. What do you think happened there in the past? Are there any stories or speculation? I think that it has to do with the brothel. You know, women dying, being murdered. Um, It's been a long time. It's been like three or four years since I've worked there. I want to say that the owner died there. Mm -hmm. But don't, don't like quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure the owner did die there. And that's the reason why you always see the black, the the black shadow. Because he's just watching. But um, there was one girl... When I first started working there, she went missing. Yeah. And they, and they found her in the dumpster. So On I just. property? No, right next to the property. Like there's a wall and she was right next to the property. Yeah. So I just feel like there's a lot of deaths that have happened yeah. there. And there's something that just won't let them go. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And oh. then there's also something in the, um, in the manager's one of the manager's offices where like the kitchen is, there was something over there too, but I never went over there. (laughs) The whole thing is just haunted. It was, yeah, everything. It's, um, Angel's Cabaret. I think it's Angel's Cabaret in Anaheim. That explains. I'm not surprised that there's darkness. Not either. I'm not either. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to protect yourself. Yeah, and it is, you did, like, bring up a point, which is that, like, yeah, sex workers are murdered (laughs) Mm -hmm. for being sex workers, Um, and that didn't even really dawn on me when starting this episode. It just kind of hit me now, like, your story really, really hit home, and what's, like, honestly, like, so we're telling all these fun ghost stories and they're funny and scary, but the truth is, is um, being a sex worker can be really scary. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. that's real life. That's real life. Especially therapy. during this time and age, mm-hmm. I feel like 
just being a woman or a child, let alone a sex worker, you're yeah. just, you're at risk for so much. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But yeah, that stuff was creepy. The, <laughs> the person on the table in the corner, that one really freaked me out, made my eyes really wet. So yeah, that yeah. was, that was probably the scariest thing that I, I didn't work long after that. Yeah. No, I probably, I probably worked there maybe like four or five more months after that. That was like, I mean, they would touch my hair and everything and I would just ignore it. But that one was like, yo, you're, you're, you're literally trying to scare me right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know. I think I would be more freaked out if the entity or energy was touching me. Actually, I do recall a time in my, in a home I lived in that was haunted where I could f literally feel them next yeah. to me. And I was like, and that's where I draw the line. Like, yeah. I don't mind seeing you. I don't mind hearing you. I don't mind feeling you. But when you're trying to touch me, then there's we, a problem. Um, <laughs> a problem. <laughs> Consent is real. Like, <laughs> Not in their world. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I think this was actually a perfect close to these stories because you really did bring up the point and the fact that, um, you know, of the real life, uh, scary things that we live with. And, um, after all this podcast is all about raising awareness. And, um, so just a little tip out there to all of our listeners. If you know a sex worker and love a sex worker, give them a sex worker, give them a hug the next time you see them. Yes. Yeah. And tell them to be safe and that you love them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kendra, for joining us. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I had fun and I love your podcast. Thank you. We're now accepting four for one submissions from our listeners. You can send them in via Instagram at Yes A Stripper Podcast or on Twitter at Yes A Stripper Pod. Make sure to follow all the things and email any questions or concerns to Yes A Stripper Podcast at gmail.com. Tune in every Wednesday. See you soon.